Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Okay, March Madness is here. We're going to talk about it on the show. John Sunvold will be our guest. It's the Friday edition of the Danny Mac Show with BK. I am in studio. They don't let me out. I don't blame them. But they let BK out. BK's down at Ballpark Village. What's going on down there? What's good, Dan? It's good to hear from you, my friend. Uh, We are live from Ballpark Village. We're up on the main stage here. It's Dan, this is the first time in a long time that things have felt somewhat normal. I got my vaccine yesterday, which was awesome. Awesome. And now we're out at Ballpark Village broadcasting an NCAA tournament that this time last year was canceled. Uh, so it's good to see some sense of normalcy here in the world again in St. Louis. Describe the scene. I can uh, hear a few fans probably getting settled in down at ballpark village but uh what's the scene like down there well there's nobody here quite yet okay um however when we have bk and ferrario coming up shortly uh we will have i would imagine uh quite a few fans in here watching uh the first round of the tournament we've got the illini coming up at about 12 15 so i know that's going to be a big draw for fans who want to see their team um but yeah it's going to be an awesome day man I, i can't wait for it it's been great to finally be able to get out and do a broadcast elsewhere i know the the blues broadcast did this earlier this week and it's good to finally be able to do it ourselves ncaa tournament uh, did start yesterday with the first four you had number 16 texas southern over uh, mount st mary's and that was 60 52 in favor of texas southern norfolk state beat uh, app state 54-53, Drake over Wichita State, 53-52, and then UCLA over Michigan State, the late game, 86-80. Uh, really enjoyed that game. I thought Michigan State was going to pull it out. They were in control of that game, thought they were going to win. It's a Tom Izzo team. This is his time of year. Didn't happen, and I'm really happy for the folks down at the Missouri Valley Conference with the one-point win over Wichita State, a team that left the Valley, so Darren uh, DeVries at Drake, who's had a very good year. A lot of people didn't think they should be in the tournament they got in and they pick up a win so those are a couple of the storylines from last night yeah also happy to see norfolk state with their first tournament win in program history i there there has never been another win for them in tournament history as far as i'm concerned so it's good to see that last night as well dan (laughs) yeah absolutely uh we had cj moore on the show on monday and it's going to be fascinating in my mind how this tournament plays out because they're in a bubble. So will fast-paced teams be the ones that play fast-paced? Can they get off the fast pace? Can they get off to good starts? Can they do those kind of things? Or is it going to be tough for them to get things going? Is that going to be the case for all teams? Are we going to see the upsets that we normally see? And we asked him about the, the COVID situation and how this impacts the NCAA tournament. A lot of times upsets happen because, or in part of because – the lower-seeded team gets some momentum, and the building adopts that team as theirs, right? So it's like you've got like 90% of the fans in the building like rooting for the underdog, and that energy kind of kind of helps the, the lower seed. Well, with not very many fans, like I don't know that we have that this year, so maybe there's fewer upsets. Who knows? But 
I, I still think, you know, just probably the nature of the tournament, we're probably going to have, you know, a fun, crazy first weekend. Then maybe it'll it'll kind of get to the, the cream rising once, once you get to uh, the, the second weekend. That's C.J. Moore from The Athletic BK. I'm curious your thoughts. Will we see upsets or are we going to see just the normal, you know, top-seeded teams cruise through this first weekend? It's interesting, Dan, because I heard you guys talking about this earlier today with Carriker and Smallman, and I thought throughout all of the pandemic that we would see more upsets in sports, right? You go to the bubble, I thought we would see more upsets there. Nope, best teams won, whether it be in the NBA or the NHL. You go to the NFL this year, well, it was Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Who could have seen that one coming? In college football, it was the best teams that we all expected to get there that ended up getting there. I think it's going to be something similar in the NCAA tournament. Now, that doesn't mean there's going to be no upsets. There's always upsets in the tournament. In fact, if you look at my bracket right now, I've got it starting with the first game of the tournament. I've got Virginia Tech taking down Florida, which Vegas would agree with. They've got Virginia Tech as a one-point favorite, but the seeding would not because that's the 10 seed over the 7. So I think we're going to see plenty of upsets, but I think in the end, you're still going to see the top dogs end up taking this thing down. So that game, number 7, Florida against number 10, Virginia, that is at 11-15. That will start the tournament really officially after the first four that played uh, last night, the first four in, if you will, that played last night. Now we have the field of 64. Um, so that's at 11-15. Number one, Illinois takes on number 16, Drexel, today at 12-15. Illinois is favored by 22-and-a-half. Jay Billis, does Illinois have a chance to beat Gonzaga or Baylor this year? Illinois has a transformational player in Io DeSumo. Uh, he is a, a fantastic closer. At the end of a game, he can go get a shot. Uh, he's had two triple-doubles on the season. You know, with a lot of players, you say he's got triple-double ability. He's got triple-doubles. And he came back uh, after having his nose broken in concussion. He's wearing a black face mask uh, that makes him look like Batman. So they not only have Batman in the lineup, uh, they've got the Incredible Hulk in Kofi Coburn. And having <laughs> Batman and the Hulk in the same lineup is totally unfair. That is just wrong. A lot of our listeners, they've got ILL. How about for you? What do you got? I do as well, Dan. I've got them taking this thing down. I love this team. I think that they have the depth that you need to go through a tournament like this. Now, things are unpredictable. We know there's already been players that have tested positive in this tournament that will not be available, at least for the opening weekend. Fingers crossed, that's the end of those positive tests, but things happen, you know, and so who knows? But as is currently constructed, I think they're the best team in this tournament. They got a tough draw with potentially Loyola Chicago in that second round. That's not going to be an easy game for them, but we always go back to guard play, right? And I'm not sure there's another team in the country that has significantly better guard play than what Illinois has with both Curbelo and Io Dusumu. That's about as good as it gets, and they've got an in, a big guy inside that can take care of his own there. So I, I've got Illinois taking this thing down. Dan, who do you have? I know you've got 37 different brackets I going do. on on 25 different sites. Yes. So I would imagine you've got multiple national champions, but overall, who are the guy? Who are the teams that you're kind of consolidating on? Final four, I got Baylor, Tennessee, Michigan, and Iowa on the current bracket that I wrote up this morning. I, I do have different variations of my final four, <laughs> and uh, I had Illinois losing in the Sweet 
Sweet 16 to Tennessee. Oh, okay. So, and I do have Illinois facing Georgia Tech, not Loyola Chicago. I know that'll upset my friends from the NBC, but I got Georgia Tech winning that game. Illinois winning their game. Uh, Tennessee would face Oklahoma State. I know a lot of people love Oklahoma State. They're kind of a dark horse in this. I get it. I think Tennessee is really, really talented, having watched them a bunch. Can they put it all together? That's the question for a lot of teams. So I've got Illinois, Tennessee, and I'm going to say Tennessee with an upset. I always try to do this. I try to do some crazy upsets in these things, and I love Illinois for all those reasons that that you just said, specifically because of guard play, and guard play can win in the tournament. That's why I love them. However, I I just was like, okay, I'm going to go on a – a wild one here and just say uh, Tennessee because I, I think they're as athletically gifted as anybody in the country. But my final four was Iowa, Michigan, Tennessee, Baylor. And on all my brackets, I have Baylor winning. Um, now, they were hit with COVID. I thought they were the most talented team in the country. And we'll see if they can bounce back from that. We'll see. Yeah, if there's anybody that has a Kimba Walker, Shabazz Napier type of potential in this tournament, yep. I think it's Io DeSumo for Illinois. So that's one of the main reasons why I'm picking them in this one. But I get it, man. This, this is why we love the tournament, right? This is not the best way to crown the best team. It's it's not what we see in Major League Baseball, where you've got seven-game series in the postseason. That's probably the best, most fair way to crown a champion. That's how you get the best team that wins in the end. But this is the most fun way. Yeah. What more could you – it's a one-game elimination where you've got 68 teams, now 64 teams, that all have an equal opportunity for the, the top crown. This is how you get stories like Sister Jean a few years ago. This is how you get uh, Norfolk State, who I know last night won their first tournament game. That, that was the first time that's ever happened for them. But they have the moments, right? Lehigh has their moment. You've got great moments that come out of this tournament. And this is why we love it, because it could be something like you said, Dan, maybe Tennessee makes a deep run. Maybe like I have in my tournament, San Diego State ends up in the Elite Eight. You've got opportunities for these lesser known schools to make a name for themselves. What about Mizzou? They take on number eight, Oklahoma, tomorrow. That'll be at 625. Oklahoma, despite the fact that their second leading scorer is out, is favored by one. C.J. Moore, let's go back to him. What defines a successful season right now for the Missouri Tigers? Yeah, I I think overall it's a pretty solid season for Mizzou, especially considering um, where the Tigers were the last couple of years. Um, But I can understand the the frustration because, you know, early on it was – they were cooking like it was looking it was looking really good and um you know i i think if if jeremiah tillman doesn't have the the you know tragedy in his family and he he doesn't miss that handful of games that he missed um you know they might be a a couple seeds higher maybe a seven maybe even a six because um i felt like several of those games that he missed they probably would have won if he was there he hit it on the head for me. If Jeremiah Tillman plays to the level that we've seen him play at times this year, and he's dealt with some tragedy in his family this year, um, but if he comes back and is the player that Mizzou expects and has seen, then all of a sudden Mizzou beat Oklahoma and they could make it difficult for Gonzaga. I know you love the Zags, but yeah. I do think Jeremiah Tillman is is the factor, the factor for Mizzou to make things competitive. Um, he is, and so is Xavier Pinson. Those are the two guys that they need to get their games going. And if they do, Mizzou has all the potential in the world. I know I kind of scoff at the notion that they could beat Gonzaga, but we've seen crazier things from this team. Missouri beat Illinois earlier in the year. They have uh, beat some of the top teams in the SEC. They've they've gone up against the top dogs. The, the 
glory team that everybody loves right now from the Pac-12 is um, is Oregon. Mizzou beat them earlier in the season. They've got all the potential in the world. It's just realizing that potential that's been the problem for them at, at times this year. So could they lose to Oklahoma tomorrow night? Absolutely. Would I be surprised by that? No. But it also is possible that they could go on a little bit of a run. And if they were, Dan, to beat Gonzaga, which is unlikely, I'm acknowledging that, they would have an interesting draw there with Virginia, maybe UCSB or Creighton as the team coming from the other half of that bracket. They could go on a little bit of a run. They've got that kind of potential, kind of like uh, K-State, if you remember a few years ago, Dan. They had that team that was senior-driven, senior-led, um, and they just they played great defense. They had a few good shot makers, and they went on a little bit of a run, I think, to the Elite Eight at that point. That's what this team could do, but it's going to be really difficult to get there. That's BK. He's down at Ballpark Village. I'm Danny Mack in the studios of 101 ESPN. And coming up, we're going to visit with one of uh, my good friends, former broadcast partner. Love having the chance to visit with him. John Sunvold is coming up next. This is the Danny Mack Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. One of the greatest players in Missouri basketball history, played a ton of years in the NBA, one of the great shooters ever in college basketball, NBA history, and one of the great analysts now in college basketball. And that's John Sunvold. And John, it's Danny Mack and BK. How you doing, buddy? Danny Mack, I'm doing great. Uh, BK, good morning to you. Uh, you know what? It's the sun is shining, so yes. uh, it's just a it's just a better doggone day, isn't it? It is. You know, I got to ask you this question. We were doing a game. Uh, I would say it was probably I don't know seven ten years ago, and I said, "Now, John, if I rolled out a ball right now, we're at the broadcast booth, we're at midcourt. I said, if, if I roll out a ball right now, and I said I gave you a hundred free throws, how many would you hit?" And you said, "No warm ups." Yeah, no warm ups. You said, "Well, am I in my suit?" And you said, uh, "You said, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to put you in your suit." He said, "Oh, well, I'm, I'm over ninety percent for sure. I mean, it's probably ninety four, ninety five, you know." And I thought, "You, I did, and I know you would have hit ninety five out of a hundred. So now I ask that question again, as we are about seven to ten years later. I roll out a ball to John Sunvold. He's at the free throw line. I give you a hundred. How many are you knocking down?" Uh, and again, I don't wear suits much. So uh -huh. uh, if, if I don't make 95, I'd be disappointed. And I mean, that's just an honest answer. If I don't make 95, I'd be disappointed. I would miss one every, you know, you're going to go 18, 19, 20, whatever. And then you probably, you know, miss one. So. Yeah, I think, and I don't shoot anymore, but I think I could loosen up the right shoulder just enough. You, just enough. you disgust me, Sunvold. You know, <laughs> you disgust me. You're one of the great shooters, great athletes. It's unbelievable. I love it. Um, who do you like in this tournament? Uh, you've had a chance to, to cover a lot of the SEC, obviously, but you cover college basketball. You saw Illinois in the bragging rights game. They're a number one seed. Who, who do you like in this tournament? Well, I, you know, I, I like my, what's funny is I like my alma mater. I, I like Mizzou. Um, and now you can substitute the rest of the way, Missouri or Gonzaga. So whoever wins that game. Uh, <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> I'm with you, Sonny. That's where I'm it. at, too. Yes. So to, I me, love it. To, to me, who wins that game will be in the championship game. Is that, I, is that a fair thing to say? Whoever oh, wins, yeah. Missouri Gonzaga game is in the finals. Uh huh. That and makes a lot of I sense. Think, and who I think they'll be playing is Illinois. 
that, that's who I think. So I would love to see a matchup, a rematch of Missouri and Illinois in the championship. Yeah, uh, that Gonzaga game is going to be a little tough for the Tigers to get through. So let's just say Mizzou doesn't get through that game, which, again, uh, you, you may go with your Tigers, and I get it. Uh, who else do you like in this tournament? Who else, you know, you think, eh, that's a long shot that's got a chance, or I like that favorite. What do you think? Uh, you know what I've got? I, again, these are all just throwing a, uh, throwing a dart. I, I, I like Florida State. Uh, I think they can get to the Final Four. Uh, I took Ohio state to upset Baylor to get to the final four. Um, you know, in the early rounds, you always kind of look for somebody that and in my business, because you see certain teams. Now I didn't like the draw they got, but the Liberty team, I got yes. to see them play. I got to see them play Missouri. And then ESPN had me do the Atlantic sun championship where Liberty won. So just because I didn't like their draw, but they play Oklahoma State, which is a tough, tough draw. But I have Liberty beat them, and then I had Liberty beat Tennessee, which is a little sacrilegious since I'm an SEC guy that Tennessee should advance on. But, you know, for the most part, I like Oregon moving quite a bit. Um, and the rest, you know, the rest, it's easy to do chalk, right? It's easy to take the favorites because, you know, they're there for a reason. But uh, I like the Houston team. Uh, I think Illinois will beat them in the Elite Eight. But, uh, you know, last three weeks of the season, I thought Illinois was so good. And if they can continue to do that, I really I really think they'll be in the championship games. That, that's what I have. Sonny, what is it that you look for specifically? Like, as all of us are filling out our brackets, and I don't know if you're filling out one, none, or 27 like Danny Mack, apparently, but um, <laughs> so what? what are you looking That's for? Right, so are what? you a guy that leans towards shooting? Are you somebody that wants the inside presence? What are the things that you lean on as you start looking at these teams and considering who you're going to pick to win your title? Uh, BK, for the most part, I look at guard play. Uh, veteran guards, unless you've got some one-and-done kid that's, you know, a Magic Johnson or, like, Arkansas has got Mo, uh, the Moody kid, Moses Moody, who's fabulous. You know, there are certain players that can carry a team for a few wins. But for the most part, I like older teams. I like older guards because they have to make the decisions. They have to make – you can take coaches, and they're important in what their records are. Uh, but I'm watching last night, UCLA, Michigan State, and there is honestly no way Michigan State should have lost that game in the last two minutes. Uh, a decision here, a misrebound there, a bad shot, and then, all, and then all of a sudden you're in overtime and you lose. And, and that's the tournament, right? You come down the stretch. Uh, obviously, you've got to have the players and you've got to have all the stuff. Which team, which team can get a defensive stop, then get the rebound? And then get a good shot on the other end. Those three things can, and and what's funny is when you watch a game, just think of those three things. Can you stop them defensively and get the rebound, right? So there's no second shot. And then can you get to the other end of the floor and get a high quality shot? It's not done as much as you think. And so when I watch a game as a broadcaster, I'm, I'm, I can count in my head going, "Well, that's four bad possessions, right? They didn't get a shot. They made a turnover. They let, allowed the second shot. They didn't block out on the free throw." It's the tiny things. Those games uh, yesterday, I don't know, two or three of them were one point or overtime. I mean, they're all close, and that's what's going to be this thing. So when I look, and I don't know all these teams. I don't get to see them all like some people watch everything. 
but just give me the veteran guard core that uh, can can make the plays. And and that's probably why a team like Baylor is enticing. They got three guys, not just one, not two. They got three guards that can. I I would almost think that there's it's impossible for for one of those not to have a great night. Just you know, just need one of them out of the three, and that's why Baylor's got a good team. Yeah, and that's who I picked in my uh, 52 brackets. Baylor is my national champion in all 52. John Sunvold, the great <laughs> John Sunvold is our guest. I love visiting with Sonny. Um, let's talk a little bit about your alma mater. It's been such an interesting season, some ups, some downs, kind of a, a rough way to finish. Um, how would you summarize what, what's happened with Mizzou this year? Wow. You know, it was so good. It was so good early. Uh, they finished the season. They won three of their last nine. Here's, you know, when they're good, they're, they're really good. And a lot of teams can say that, but this is a team that you have size up front, right? Tillman and Brown, they're good. They're big. They're mobile. Uh, Tillman's had a nice year. He doesn't foul as much as he used to. They've got terrific guards. Uh, I'll say this. I think when Xavier Pinson goes, if he's going really good, they're a tough out. And I would I honestly would love to see the matchup with Gonzaga because I think the Tigers can play with them. I think they're a type of team that can play. Whereas Missouri not played as well as when the team on the other side isn't as is good. And that's a crazy thing to say, but that that's reality. And so when they drew Oklahoma, I thought, well, good. Oklahoma's a big school. They played them a year ago. Missouri lost them a year ago. Uh, it's not a directional school. It's not a mid-major. It's not a... I think Missouri, this team, who knows why, but they respond to the big moments. And they've, they've won big moments, whether it's Illinois, whether it's Oregon, whether beating Alabama, whether beating Arkansas. They've beaten the good teams. And there aren't many in the country that can probably say they've beaten the, the teams. Sonny, this team is a reminder to me of what it's like to be a fan of a college basketball team again because it's been a while as a Mizzou guy myself for for me to go into a season where it's like, okay, there's expectations and there's possibilities of this being a really special year. And then you get into it and you're like, okay, they beat Illinois. I feel good about this. It started off rocky against Tennessee, but then boom, you get Arkansas. You get the win against Tennessee, and I was all in on this team. And so for the last, I guess, month now, basically, I think that's what's made it so tough for myself and a lot of Mizzou fans out there is like I I allowed myself to be let down. I allowed myself to be vulnerable <laughs> to this team. And now I'm like so incredibly nervous to actually buy into the idea that they can play with a team like Gonzaga. Are, are you talking yourself into the idea as a Mizzou alum, a guy that loves that university, that they can beat Gonzaga? Or do you truly believe this? No, I believe it. And here's why. And I'm not, I'm not a fanatic. So I've never in my life, in my bones, had been a fanatic. So I don't get over emotional about it. I know basketball season is a long year. So there's ups and downs. Uh, I know usually teams probably aren't as great as they play a certain night, but they're not as bad as they play on the bad nights. But I would say this, if, if they play Gonzaga, let's say they get by Oklahoma, which will be hard to do because Oklahoma is good. But let's say they play Gonzaga. If they both play their A game, Gonzaga wins. I mean, the AP uh, All-American team came out. Gonzaga had three dudes out of the ten, right? First and second team, three guys. But let's say Missouri plays their A game. And I'm going to drop down, okay, Gonzaga could probably play A-. minus. Could they play their B-plus game and beat Missouri? Then, see, I start to go, mm, Maybe. If they play their B game, I don't think they beat Missouri. Missouri's A game. 
So that's where when I start looking, I go, okay, how much of a drop? Gonzaga, they're not going to be perfect every game. That, that, you know, can they survive a bad game? I think they're the best team. But let's say they have a B game against a team that's not as good. If they, if Missouri has a B game, and yeah, Gonzaga wins. But if Missouri plays their best, let's just say they have that game, and the Zags are at a B, B minus, B plus, whatever it is, guys aren't making shots. There's a turnover. Yeah, they can play. Missouri's as physical. Uh, their guards are, are, you know, fine. Those guards can play with anybody from Missouri. They've proven that. On their good days, they've proven it. Now, again, Gonzaga plays their A game. I think Gonzaga beats anybody in the country. But we all know this tournament, you don't play your A game every game. And you, you're fortunate when you have your B game or maybe your C game, and you still you draw an opponent that doesn't have their A game, and you advance on. So, I'm not nervous if Missouri – I'm nervous to play Oklahoma because that's the game that who knows what could happen. I mean, Oklahoma is good enough. But when they play Gonzaga, I think Missouri guys will be right, – I mean, right, that's that's their game. Yeah. That's, the, that's the game you want to play. That There's no doubt in my mind you want to play the best team out there because the pressure's all on the Zag. I mean, the Zags have all the pressure. He passed. Let's 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 say Gonzaga wins. I would love Gonzaga to win the whole thing and go undefeated. I think it'd be great for college basketball. John, you're as tied in as anybody with the assistant coaches, the head coaches, ads all across the board in college basketball. And my question would be: when you talk to them in dealing with COVID and now dealing in a bubble situation, how do you think that affects the tournament? So will we see more upsets? Will we see the top seeds do what they're supposed to do and when the games are supposed to play? Uh, does it affect the play on the court? What do you, what do you think it's going to be like? Well, everybody's nervous uh, because, but everybody's at the bubble. Now here, here's today, Virginia finally gets to travel to Indianapolis. So I don't actually have Virginia winning in my pool. I don't even know who they play. If I looked, uh, they play Ohio. But I Virginia's been off. What COVID has done during the year is these teams don't even get to practice because of the tracing and all that. A&M, I had SEC, A&M was out for, well, they didn't play a game in February. Think of that, not one game in February. And when I talked to the coach, one day he's got two players to practice, then they could get to three, then they got to four, but then it was back down to three. So I don't know what Virginia did this week. The, the concern, obviously, now that the tournament is going to start today, is is anybody going to test positive from here out? You got everybody in a bubble. You hope it works, much like the NBA got theirs done and it worked. Uh, I would hate for any of these teams. I don't care which team it is. Uh, even even Kansas. I would hate for Kansas at the last minute to have something happen that they can't play. I mean, I, I think it's just be too disappointing. So hopefully it all goes well. It's been a long year. Uh, my hat's off to the student athletes that have gone through all the testing. Uh, they've been, for the most part, really good with all this stuff. They've handled it. And we've had a great season. And hopefully for the next uh, three weeks it works. I wanted to ask you, Sonny, about Arkansas because they're a team that I just can't wrap my arms around. You mentioned Moses Moody earlier. He's unbelievable. He's one of my favorite players in the country to watch, and he's a projected potential top 10 pick in next year's NBA draft. But they also seem to have these games where they they don't have their best game in them. And you mentioned, like, nobody's going to play their best game every night. I, I totally understand that. But how do you feel about Arkansas going into this tournament? Is that a team that you feel like we can trust? Yeah, I like them. I don't know if I love them. I like them. Uh, they won their last 11 
uh, conference games, which, God, I mean, that's hard to say and even hard to do. They did get beat by Oklahoma State when they went out of conference to play in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Here, here's what Arkansas had. When they played poorly, uh, it was without the, the play of Justin Smith, who was a transfer from Indiana, a uh, 6'8 player that's really active and mobile. Uh, what Eric Musselman has at Alabama is depth. Uh, Moody does not have to play great for them to win. If anybody watched the Arkansas-Missouri game uh, in the tournament, Moody didn't score, and that's because Drew Smith shut him down. But J.D. Note had unbelievable game. Uh, they got a kid named Jalen Tate. So they've got transfers that have come from other places, Smith, Note, Tate, all. They've got a kid named De- Desi Sills, who's probably now a junior, has been there for three years, that now comes off the bench. But last year he started 32 games. They've got enough weapons that, that again, if you're not on your A game and you're on your B minus whatever, what you hope you have is enough depth and weapons that somebody gets hot. And we saw what our, that's what Arkansas did when they beat Missouri the tournament in the SEC tournament. Their best players weren't playing well, but here comes Note off the bench, and boom, he has a career day. And, and that's what you hope for. Arkansas can do that. Uh, they're not as big as some teams, even though they got a kid named Connor Vanover who's seven three. But he, he's, I hate to say he's a seven three jump shooter, but he kind of spots up more than he goes inside. But you know they'll give some teams fits. And you're back to that if if they're on their game because of all the weapons I just mentioned, they've got a chance to do some damage like anybody else. This is my final question for you, Sonny. I don't think I've ever asked you this, and I've asked you so many different things, and we've done a ton of games together. Do you ever get to this time of year? And does John Sunvold ever look back and go, how in the hell did we not win more in the NCAA tournament? Your teams were loaded. You had some of the best teams in the country. So you get to this time of year, and you're thinking, I reflect back on my career. We were really good, and yet we, we just didn't win at all. Now, you won some Big A championships, but you didn't win at all. Do you ever, do you ever get like that? Yeah, I mean, I reflect and think, how do you not, how do you not make a Final Four? Because that's hard to do. Uh, we had good teams. Of my four years, we had three really good teams. And I think back in the first year, we got beat by a great LSU team. The, the, the best team I was on here when I was a junior, Ricky Frazier, senior. Yeah. And we lose by a point to Houston. And, oh, by the way, Elijah Juan, Drexler, uh, Mishaw, uh, uh, Williams, they had six NBA players. At the time, you don't realize that's six NBA dudes. But – you know, when you look back, you go, oh, okay, they, they, were, they were probably pretty good. That's not bad, yeah. And, yeah, and, and so, you know, I, I don't look back. and I, you, Yeah, we wish. It would have been fun. And I think that's the only – when you go back and go, gosh, could we have, you know, a bounce here, a bounce there, uh, you know, a rebound, a, some uh, – I don't, I don't lose sleep over. But it sure would have been fun to go to the final. But it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't. I wanted to see it, though, Sonny. I wanted to see it. It would have been fun. How's your golf game, by the way? That's more important. Uh, well, non-existent. It's just we got too much rain. Well, so it, we need some sun. We need some dry weather, and then I'll be out there. All right, buddy. Well, hit them straight. Enjoy the tournament, and thanks a lot for doing this. I really appreciate hey, it. Hey, Dan, before hey, we thanks, let guys. Sonny go, yeah. I, yeah. I want to speak for all Mizzou fans when I, I just say a, a huge thank you um, because our football coach is very good at coaching football. And I just wanted to thank you and everybody that was involved in the process of bringing him to Mizzou for bringing him to Mizzou. Well, we hope uh, we hope Coach Drink keeps it going. He's exciting. And now, let's be realistic. 
he's in a tough league, man. The that SEC is a grinder, but uh, I thought they had a great year the first year. So, yeah, it's fun. And, uh, you know, I've been around this school for a long time. So, uh, I, you know, I'm still – bleed black and gold and we'll, we'll do that till they put me six feet under boys you got that right hey sonny thanks for doing this appreciate you and we'll catch up soon okay guys we'll see you you got it that's the great thanks, john sunvold one of the kindest and finest human beings you will find in this business he does such a great job on the games too hey, dan he doesn't think you're crazy he doesn't that's think the you're best crazy. part. I, he likes Baylor a little bit. I got somebody else to back me up on this. He thinks Mizzou's got a shot. That's the other thing Gonzaga. I said. You said I was out of my mind. I I still think you, you both <laughs> might be, but I'm not saying that's a John Sunfold. He, well, no, he knows more about basketball. He forgot more about basketball than I will ever know in my life. And look, he can say that because, you know, he was a great player. He mm-hmm. bleeds black and gold. You know, you can't go against Mizzou. So if he says it, people go, okay, I get it. Danny yeah. Mac says it. They say, you're out of your, you know what? You're out of your mind. Yeah. I get it. I, I don't blame him. Well, Dan, you're the same guy that has uh, 57 brackets since we got on the air. That's so true. I, I just, I don't know what, what, what to trust with your picks because I think you've picked every team depending on which bracket it is. Well, next week <laughs> it's going to come in and I'm going to say, BK, I told you, look at this bracket. I was all over it. He He did mention some teams, though that I actually do agree with, that I think... Now, I did not have Liberty. The Liberty one got me, when he mentioned Liberty over Oklahoma State, there's some truth to that. I watched the Liberty game against Mizzou. They had them. I mean, that game was theirs for the taking. They did not obviously win it. I'm a big Florida State guy. However, the problem with that is that I'm even higher on Michigan. So Florida State would have to go through Michigan to win. I, I don't think they will. They're very good, though. So he's got some of those teams that I agree with, and then obviously Baylor and some of the others that he mentioned. If you want to look for teams that can pull off an upset, Dan, there's one thing that I tend to look at, and it's three-point shooting because that's the way you do it. You pull off the upset by just going lights out from beyond the arc, and the three teams that you can point to that could do that in this first round are Colgate, Liberty and Oral Roberts. Yeah. Those are the three teams that if you're looking for a team that's just going to shoot their way into the second round, those ones, based on what they did in the regular season, all three of them could do it. Let's uh, tell you about FanDuel. It is tournament time. We're under an hour away from the opening tip, and that's down at Ballpark Village with BK if you want to join him and Alex and the rest of the gang for the rest of the day. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Sights in the sound. Lifted out to deep left field. And Paul DeYoung has his first of the spring. It's a two-run homer, and the Cardinals shortstop puts the Cardinals on the board here in the first. But it really didn't mean anything. We're just telling people. Gorman out to right center, and that ball is down. One run in. Two runs in. Here comes a third. No. Bases loaded double, and Gorman drives in three. Cardinals win it last night, 7-5. to five. Daniel Ponce de Leon, he made that start. He went five innings, four hits, four earned, did walk three, struck out four. We saw Webb, Cabrera, Reyes, who was his first hiccup of the spring, two-thirds of an inning, couple of walks, gave up a run. Uh, Roel Ramirez picked up the win, and we saw Zach Thompson, first time I'd seen him this spring, Reminds me, by the way, of Joe McGrain. A couple of strikeouts in one inning pitch. We saw him at the tail end of the game. Uh, Paul DeYoung, the two-run homer in the first. Nolan Gorman, two for two. 
besides that double that you just heard highlights courtesy of Fox Sports Midwest he also had a single next game for the Cardinals on television will be tomorrow and you can see that game at noon a couple of things that stand out BK and it's Danny Mac show with BK BK down at Ballpark Village I'm in the studios of 101 number one that they needed to start seeing a little bit of something positive out of Paul DeYoung and we're seeing that now the last three days he's starting to pick it up yeah, he is, and that's huge, Dan, because it's becoming increasingly clear to me that the Cardinals are going to go with the lineup configuration of Edmund at the top, Goldie, Arenado, 2-3, and then it looks like Paul DeYoung, at least to start the season, is probably going to be your cleanup hitter. So as much as we talked all offseason about Goldie, Arenado, 3-4, it's going to be DeYoung back in that cleanup spot. So they need him to have a big offensive performance this year. He's going to be vital to what this offense wants to be able to do. And Tommy Edmond talked about being at the top of the Cardinals lineup. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt good at the top of the lineup. Um, I think I, at least this spring so far, I've done a good job of getting on base for those guys in the middle of the lineup and just giving them a chance to drive me in. Um, so I've, I've kind of just been trying to simplify things and getting on base any way I can. And, and this spring, that's been... Kind of a lot of a lot of singles, a lot of line drives. I'm sure over the course of the season that'll result in a, a few more walks as well. But um, right now, I, I like the approach that I've had so far. Yeah, and yesterday he hit the ball three times hard and nothing to show for it. But he has solidified himself as the Cardinal leadoff man. And if the Cardinals do indeed go with Goldschmidt, Arenado, or Arenado, Goldschmidt, two, three, however you want to look at it. It really has a lot of protection for Tommy Edmond. That makes it really interesting. Uh, today was a great example of, of what we could make happen during the season. Um, I just get on base for him, and, and he hits a homer, and all of a sudden we're just up 2-0, two, two batters into the game. So I think hopefully if all goes well, there will be a lot of situations like that this year. And um, we have no one hitting behind him as well. It could end up being 3-0. So with those two guys hitting behind me, whether that's 2-3 three or 3-4, or three, uh, I know that the more times I get on base, obviously, the better. And hopefully I'll score a ton of runs and they'll drive me in a lot of times this year. Really is interesting, BK, though, the dynamic of what we talked about if they were 3-4. We haven't really talked about what if they're 2-3. What does that do for Tommy Edmond? He's he's probably the happiest guy at Cardinals camp. Oh, he's got to be. And he's been taking advantage of it thus far down at Camp Dan. He's batting 370 down in the Grapefruit League. So far this year, he is 10 for 27. Now, he mentioned it in one of those uh, those bites that you just played. He's going to eventually have to start taking some walks, and that is something that we haven't seen much of. Just has one walk so far in spring training. That's all right, man. If you're hitting it at a 370 clip, I'm okay with you never taking a walk. <laughs> I, that, I don't need you to take a bunch to get up to like a 450 on base percentage. We can live with 390. Yeah, 390 would work. <laughs> He's talked about, too, that he is laying off pitches outside the zone, and he said he got away from being aggressive with pitches inside the zone. He said, I'm, I need to be more aggressive, and we're seeing that in spring training. Tommy Edmond is a cerebral player. He's a very smart player, understands the analytics of the game and the big picture of the game, and you want somebody to take the leadoff spot and run with it and we'll see if it you know uh it goes over into the regular season as well as it's done in spring training but i love the fact that he's a switch hitter with speed at the top he fits it perfectly dan you know it's really interesting because i think the cardinals have a couple of players tommy Edmond would be one tyler o'neill another that it feels like they were going through something similar to what matt carpenter has gone through a number of times in his career where you're kind of searching for okay should I be going all out for power? And when the answer to that becomes no, as it was for Tyler O'Neill, for instance, you end up kind of swinging almost too far in the other direction. And then 
Tyler O'Neill is trying to hit everything soft. And so he loses a little bit of who he is as a player, and you don't get that power from him last year. Well, so far in the spring for both Tommy Edmond and Tyler O'Neill, we seemingly have found them find the sweet spot right in the middle of driving the ball to all fields. Tyler O'Neill has shown that power that we were in search of last season. If they can find that sweet spot this year and stay there consistently throughout the year, that's going to be a game changer for this lineup. Those are the two guys for me, maybe more so than anybody else, that can be like the the X factors, if you will, in the lineup. If you get a really good year out of Tommy Edmond and he bats right around 300, if you get 30 homers out of Tyler O'Neill, that's how the Cardinals offense goes from average-ish to potentially really, really good. Absolutely. It'll be after those two big guys who steps up, and we'll see how that plays out. You've got Alex Ferrario joining you for the next three hours. You're down at Ballpark Village. Who's coming up on the show? Yeah, so coming up today, excited for the show today. We will start things off with the Blues' biggest issue other than ha- uh, health, rather. And, Dan, I'm excited about this one. Coming up at 1130, we've got Matt Belford. He was Alex Reyes' high school baseball coach. I want to ask him about what Reyes was like as a high schooler if he knew that he had this kind of potential. And Mike Rupp, former NHL forward, is going to join us coming up at 130. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the basketball. Looking forward to the show. We'll talk to everybody at 10 next Monday on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.